Damn. Damn. Broke the internet. I tell you what. Put that nigga ass in the dirt. I tell you what. Smoking on Pookie Load tonight. I tell you what. I tell you what. This is how we going to do this. Send some more. I'm going to send them the same way. In a box back to you. Are you doing Free kill. Time? Free on, kill. Man. I tell you what, though. See, when I even call you and extended this invite, my nigga, I did it as a real man. It's been 20 motherfucking years. 15 still years. Okay, well, how many? You still talking the same shit. You feel me? Still talking the same shit. Hey, man, so you got to take that. Let me that. talk, listen, let me listen, talk listen, my nigga. Let me talk. Listen, let me, listen. Let me talk, I don't want to talk. I'm, I'm through talking. Talk, it's your turn nigga. to do the song. That's what right, gonna that's do? right, that's right. Are we going to do some music or, or I'll tell you shit? what, I'll tell you what. My nigga, I'll tell you what, it go like this. When I extended the invitation, I did it as a real man. You feel me? Because I, said I told I, you straight off the dribble. I told you off the dribble, nigga, we can't do nothing if it ain't street. If I can't perform okay, the truth, we can't good. do it. It's all so good, okay, but let hey, me say man. my piece. Let me say my piece. Take off. Let me say my piece. It's like this, bro. I extended my hand because I'm a real man. And the shit we came from in the street, dog, you seen it. We've been through it, dog. 20 years. 20 years. And when I said I wanted to do this shit for the culture... That's what I wanted to do, nigga. I brought you here to show you the world care about what the fuck we got going on because we are the culture. You feel me? Me and you, where we came from, what we been through, nigga. Us, me and you, all these kids out here doing what the fuck they do because they saw what went on with us, dog. So this shit ain't about me. This shit ain't about you. You feel what I'm saying? This shit about King Von. This shit about Dope B. This shit about Nipsey Hustle. This shit about motherfucking Pop Smoke, M3. And I'm real enough to do that, nigga, because one thing about it, two things for show, three things for certain, nigga. I'm the realest nigga in it. You already know. That boy Jeezy was speaking some heavy facts, man. That was crazy. So, that little excerpt was from, of course, everybody knows, man, the Jeezy v. Gucci, man, versus. Um, hey, Gucci crazy. <laughs> hey, look, I didn't expect no less from Gucci, man, man. Gucci Mane is hilarious, boy. But boy, man, was he touching some nerves with that joint, boy. See, the crazy part was, man, everybody that was a Gucci fan expected that to happen. And uh, I just didn't know what the reaction was going to be from Jeezy, man. I know Jeezy, Jeezy been talking that, that righteous talk for a while now, man. He been trying to, you know, undo the damage that his music has done and he said it himself man the music that he put out 
caused a lot of damage in, in some of the areas in the communities that, that we grew up in, man, because I remember in eighth grade, man, everybody was wearing snowman shirts, snowman hoodies, sweaters, the ice chains, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it was, man. Thug Motivation. Bro, when Thug Motivation came out, that was my joint, bro. Um, but what he was saying, what he was saying was real, man. And we talked about it on the King Von episode. Um, rest in peace, Von, man. Rest in peace, Nep. I mean, we got we had so many guys shot just this week. So many rappers, like mainstream guys, shot this week. Uh, Mo three died. He got hit. Benny the Butcher got shot in the leg. Boosie got shot in the leg. I think all of this happened in Houston same week. Von got killed. Von got killed. So. Um, and when he said he was doing it for the culture because they are the culture and he went in to talk about the young kids that saw the beef that happened between Gucci and Jeezy back in the day man like the stuff that he's talking is real this is real stuff and we talked about being able to separate the music from reality and a lot of people can't separate music from reality they can't separate TV from reality they can't separate horror movies from reality some kids can't separate video games from reality so what they're seeing they're actually making this become a part of their reality and I know because that is is what happened to me when I was younger I knew what type of kid I was and I knew the response I was getting from other uh, children in my age group but then I knew the type of kid I wanted to be because I knew the response I wanted from certain individuals. And I knew if I could be this by imitating what I saw, then it would get the response that I that I that I wanted. So when we see a situation where movies like Belly are glorified, movies like Scarface, Paid in Full the lifestyle of being a gangbanger, being a drug dealer. I mean, that stuff is glorified. So when it comes down to a little kid, not really understanding what's going on with the environment around them, not understanding the impacts that the adults are having on his environment. He's looking at the music. He's looking at the artist. He's looking at the flashy lifestyle. He's looking at everything that's happening in front of him. And he's embodying that lifestyle and saying, hey, if this is the response that these guys are getting in these music videos, then this is the thing that I need to do. So that that beef is kind of funny, man, because it's like we hear rap beef all the time. I mean, rap beef actually helps the culture move forward uh, with popularity because um it allows a certain audience that maybe was not listening to that person before to actually go back and listen to this people's music. And I'll just give you an example. I was not a Drake fan before the Meek Mill Drake battle. Like the the Meek Mill Drake beef, I was not a Drake fan. I just I could not stand how he how he sang on the music. Um I felt like he had bars for days when it came to rapping, but I just could not get past his crying on on, on wax. So I just I was not a Drake fan. But as soon as Big Mill, who to me was like a, a rapper's rapper, 
get into it with Drake, and then Drake responds with back to back, and then he responds with a couple other diss tracks. I started I started to have a different level of respect for Drake, which made me actually go back and listen to his music. So, rap beef is good for the culture because I'm not the only person that does that. I know a lot of people who don't listen to a certain individual, and then a, a rap beef happens. And then they go back and listen to the whole guy's catalog or the other person's catalog. And now next thing you know, they're a fan. I'm not a Drake fan, but I will say that um, because of his beef with Meek Mill, I have gone back and listened to his catalog. I purchased a couple of his albums and I will be paying attention to his music going forward because, I mean, the guy puts out hits after hits after hits after hits after hits. So the last few things he put out, man, has not missed for me at all. And uh, I tried to go back and listen to a lot of his older music And I just I couldn't really get with it Because he's crying too much on it for me But um, The point of that is that Rap beef does actually excel the culture Of hip hop It helps mainstream um, Well underground artists Become mainstream artists If you look at what happened with Eminem Who is a trash rapper in my opinion But I mean people love him For some reason Um, But look at what it did to his career catapulted him so um what i will also point out is the fact that these two rappers from atlanta um highly respected in their own circles that they are in i mean and at one point in time they rapped together on so icy that was the start of the whole beef and i'm not going to be a hip-hop historian here today but I'll give you a little background on it. So Icy was produced, I believe, by Zaytoven. Um, Jeezy and Gucci were on the same song, and they both wanted them for their albums. Uh, there was a contract agreement or a contract war or what have you. Um, somebody put, you know, So Icy on their album first, which prompted the beef. And it just kind of escalated from there. Um, tit for tat type stuff. And then... Uh, Jeezy had, you know, put something out there that he wanted, you know, somebody to snatch Gucci Man's chain. Uh, from my understanding, it was like a, you know, like a bet or like a, uh, it wasn't really something like he didn't put a hit out to kill Gucci. Like that was not the case, but he did put a hit out to, you know, he said, look, I give you 10 K if you snatch his chain type thing. Um, and we see it all happen all the time on live, Facebook live, Instagram live. So is that that type of thing that happened, but somebody took it seriously, actually tried to go and, and get his chain. And then what happened was, um, Gucci defended himself, ended up catching the case, beating the case. And, uh, that's pretty much what happened. So, um, next thing you know, you got, you know, other rap beefs that happen and then the truth comes out, which is the, the snowman diss, and that's what Gucci started the verses out with. So I mean when you look at the history that these two have and how disrespectful the truth really is as a song <laughs> and then for Gucci to say we smoking poop loach, like bro, that was that was <laughs> that was low. Anyway, it just makes you wonder, um, like the technician, I said technicians, Lord. So I do have another podcast where I talk about HVAC and my, you know, experience as a technician. So that's where that came from. 
but if you look at what's going on with the culture of hip hop today, the state of hip hop, and you look at the violence in hip hop, it's always been there. Always. But what we're starting to see now is a lack of being able to separate the entertainment from reality. And we're starting to see it happen more frequently with the younger generation. Growing up, we heard artists talk about certain certain things. And then you would have another artist say, okay, well, this guy's not really about that life. And then we found out, yeah, this guy was not really about that life. He was paid to put a message out. But these guys... <laughs> Especially these Chicago rappers, man. Especially these Detroit rappers, man. These some of these dudes, bro. Like they are really rapping their experiences. Look at um, YNW Melly, man, and the, the cases that he's facing right now. Like some of these guys really live that life, and what the eight-year-old kid who finally listens to his first rap album does not understand is that. This is real life. So we do have some people who are born in that culture, some people who are born in that environment and all they see is violence and pain and and starvation and hunger and lack of opportunity. That's all they see. And what do they do? Sometimes they succumb to that and they become a part of it. But other times they blossom from that and they make something of make something of themselves and they help other people out. So, and I said this on the Vaughn episode, what I did not understand was how people who were not in that culture, not in that lifestyle, gravitate towards that lifestyle to imitate something that these people who are in this lifestyle don't even want to be. I mean, I've known people, man, like I've known killers. I've known people who gangbang. And yeah, you got some you got some cats out there who love it. You got some cats like they live for it, man. Like that is their life. That is literally what they're here on earth to do, which is cause havoc, wreak pain and murder. Kill, steal and destroy. That is their MO. But then you have some man who are only doing it for survival. And the individuals that are doing it for survival are the ones who are looking for a way out. They don't want to be in that situation. So for somebody who is not accustomed to that situation to implant themselves in there to have some sort of, you know, street cred for, you know, I don't know what reason, but it just to me, it just doesn't make sense to now we're left with people who, like I said, have a false sense of reality. They're not able to separate fact from fiction lies from truth and it starts to mesh everything starts to mesh in their personal lives the entertainment starts to mesh with their personal psyche so now they believe that they are the lyrics that they're reciting and man it's a different game I mean when you start to talk about energy and frequencies and how music is played at a certain frequency that'll penetrate the frontal lobe to get past your subconscious. You know what I mean? Like to get you in a point where you think that these are your thoughts. You think that this is your life. 
it starts to do starts to really do things to your mental state where now you're not even the same person that you were two, three years ago. And what Jeezy was saying was that we got these kids that are looking at us and they're becoming murderers because of the situation that they saw us in. And like I said, man, I got nothing but respect for Gucci um, for him being true to himself and still playing the disc record because I feel like anything outside of that would have probably been fake but man do I have respect for Jeezy for how he responded on that so there was a a tweet by uh, QC's manager um where he said he got in the car with Gucci right afterwards and they were heading to, I think they were going to the club or whatever. And Gucci literally made a statement that he were like, he shouldn't have done that. Like he said, that was disrespectful, man. He said, P said, as soon as they got in the car, Gucci said, I shouldn't have done that in regards to being disrespectful. So Gucci did it because the culture wanted him to do it. Um, and the way Jeezy responded, Jeezy responded in the way that the culture needed him to respond. Because if we would have seen uh, Gucci versus Jeezy fist fight that turned into a murder, man, that would have been so terrible for the culture. But but I'm going to tell you this. We would have ate it up alive, man. Like the, the state that we are in right now. We live for that type of violence. Like we love it. We crave it in a way. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the state of our, you know, society, right? Like the mental state of society right now. And I think that's a scary point to be in, man. Because when you start to look at how society has started, start, you know, has started to break down. And we are becoming more animalistic in our nature. Um, but we're disguising it as if we are civilized individuals. And to me, that's a scary thing because we are prone to give into our baser instincts. Because that's what we like. So it really tells me that the facade that we put on, which is the law to keep everything in balance it's kind of like tipping over at the scales right now um there's so much happening right now in the culture just of the world because if you look at what happened but but you know before covid america was normal before covid in regards to uh how people treated each other it, it was a it was normalcy for america america's always been racist so the police killings that we see that are, um, you know, constantly shown over and over again, that was happening before COVID. Uh, the racial injustices, the social injustices that we see, that's always been here. So to me, that's normal. COVID just kind of brought it to a point where it's elevated now. But if you look at what was going on in other countries before COVID, uh, take a look at China. For example, um, 
the Chinese government and the people were at odds with each other. They were warring to the point where it was bloodshed in the streets. I mean, it was rioting. It was almost like what we see that's going on in America now. Next thing you know, COVID hits in China. All of that ceases. But that energy is not destroyed, right? It's transferred. So now that energy has transferred over to America. And what are we seeing now? Riots all the time. Um, We're seeing innocent people getting murdered. We're seeing just the state of America in turmoil right now. This election cycle. I mean, who would have thought that after the, you know, November elections, we would still be fighting for who's going to be the president right now. I mean, you got people in the streets every single day marching and fighting and protesting. Um, And people are clashing, which means unless something drastic happens, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. So I felt like the state of just the culture of hip hop was looking for something to happen between Jeezy and Gucci. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like we, we were waiting for it to happen so that we could share it over and over and over and over again and just constantly fill our head with that type of trauma. Um, so, like I said, that's a scary thought because now we're allowing our baser instincts to take over our rational thought. We're starting to see that now in the large crowds that are gathering and clashing. I mean, you got to think, man. I mean, politics. Politics, as crooked as it is, and as crooked as most people understand it to be, because the thing that I've heard the majority of my life is that we're battling or we're voting for the lesser of two evils. Or you got sayings like, Forrest Gump, that boy's back is as crooked as a politician. So we already know that these things are not really for us. Uh, But we're fighting over them as if they are true and virtuous and righteous. And what do we see on a constant basis, especially during election times, is the amount of scandals that each party is trying to dig up and the amount of dirt that each party is trying to dig up on the other party. And it's like, what are we really fighting over, man? So I don't understand how this will get us to the point where we feel like these presidents and these vice presidents will put America back in the right state when the people that are running are the most flawed, vicious, vile people to walk the face of the earth but they're going to be the face of America. (laughs) And then now we're at odds with each other because we hate each other for our our differing political view. And it it just doesn't make sense. So I'm just at a loss, man. But like I said, I, I commend Jeezy for what he did. I commend him for what he stood for because he could have easily, like he said, he could have easily taken it back to where he was at before. Um, and that's what the people will want to have seen. But he stood up. He did something different, man. And he chose to challenge 
those who really would say, you know, they would, let's face it, man. I mean, they called him a punk. They called him whatever for, you know, for allowing Gucci to do what he did and just be totally disrespected. But the problem is those who are calling him that are the same ones that won't say it to his face. So I think it, you know, the thing that happened and the way it happened and the way that it did, I think it was awesome, man. Um, especially with everything that's going on, we need to see change. We need to see something different. We need to see a different reaction from our people that says, hey, look, I know we had the issues in the past. If you're willing to squash it, I'm willing to squash it. Let's move on from it. Let's help the culture get better. Let's help help our people get better. Let's help the kids get better. And I think that's exactly what they needed to do, man. Um, and then they ended it with performing So Icy together, which was dope, man. I thought, I thought that was so dope. So, yeah, man. Um, if I had to just give anybody any advice on anything, it would be to focus on who you are as an individual. The things that trigger you things that cause you to have so much anger and anguish and hatred for the other person that's sitting next to you or sitting across from you or somebody who differs in their belief from you figure out why that triggers you figure out that insecurity and I the shout out to Rel man because I learned a lot of this from him as well a lot of what you see that you hate in another person is really just a reflection of what's going on on the inside of you and until you fix that, you'll always point the finger at somebody else saying that they're the blame. When really, it's your inability to fix the brokenness that's in you. So shout out Jeezy, man. I mean, he probably never going to hit his podcast, but bro, I, I salute you. Um, that was dope. Big ups to you, bro. Um, Gucci, big ups to staying true to her, to who you were, bro, because we already knew it was going to happen. Um but then big ups to putting aside everything at the end and and choosing to to make amends, even though I, I know it was hard, man. I mean, because we got death involved in this thing. So big ups to both of y'all, man. Um, big ups to the culture. This was definitely what we needed to see. We need to see more of this. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This was a short episode, but hey, <laughs> wanted to get this off my chest, man. Hey, look, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Everybody's listening. Fuck everybody in this room. We can do this shit right here. My nigga, lead this shit. Where is that? We can do this motherfucker one last time and be done with it, my nigga. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do the mile for it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it, nigga. What's up? Hey. Where your eyes at?